0: If you've never been here before on the last Sunday of the year, one of the things I do, like I've mentioned this before, twice a year, twice a year I tell probably the best jokes that have ever been heard in the history of humankind. And I do it once on Stampede Sunday, and I do it once at the end of the year on the very last Sunday of the year. And I I have to admit, I said to Robin this morning, I said, oh, you know, I'm not really ready for the jokes this morning. And she was like... Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But I didn't want to disappoint her. So I did come up with some. And these are, you can tell, these are, like it took me weeks and weeks and weeks uh, to avoid this and then finally do it at the last minute. (laughs) But here's the first one. You're going to love this. Brian's stress level was at unsurpassed levels. His wife Maggie was in labor, and Brian was sure it was time to head to the hospital. Breathing heavily, Brian grabbed the phone and called the doctor. "My wife, she's ready. Should we come?" The doctor tried to relax the poor fellow. "Just try and relax." "Now tell me, how much time is elapsed between the contractions?" "Surely!" Brian screamed on the top of his lungs. "How much time in between the contractions? Ten minutes!" Okay, ten minutes in between, doc. And is this her first child? Questioned the doctor. No, you idiot, this is her husband! <laughs> the next one. Sister Mary, who is a nun, was truly a religious woman. Besides her duties as a nun, she was also very active in various hospitals, visiting sick patients and taking care of all their needs. So it was no surprise that one day when she ran out of gas, the only container that she could find in her car was not a gas can, but a bedpan. So Sister Mary, since it was only a couple of blocks to the gas station, happily walked a couple of blocks, filled the gas into the bedpan, and then walked back to her car. As luck would have it, she's sitting at the light and the light turned red so there were lots of cars around her as she is slowly emptying the contents of the bedpan into the gas tank. Just when she finished pouring in the last drops of gas, a fellow opened up his window and hollered, if that car starts, i have going to become a believer. <laughs> <laughs> Hi dear, that's good. <laughs> Okay, I hate to tell you this, the doctor said in a sad, compassionate voice, but you've been unfortunately diagnosed with a highly contagious disease and we'll have to quarantine you and you'll be fed only cheese and bologna. That's terrible, said the distraught young man, quickly sitting down before he could faint. I don't know if I can handle being in quarantine and the cheese and, and just bologna. What's up with that? Why just cheese and bologna? What kind of diet is that? I've never heard of such a thing. Well, it's not exactly a diet, responded the doctor. It's just the only food that'll fit into the door. Get it? Slide in the slice of cheese and the bologna? That was pretty good. I didn't think you'd get it. Okay. And then last. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve existence was so tranquil and peaceful for the young couple Adam and Eve like straight out of a storybook until one unfortunate day when Adam showed up an hour late for supper by the time Adam finally came home Eve was a nervous wreck and her imagination was working overtime honey what happened why are you home so late questioned Eve oh I'm sorry Adam responded with a wave of his hand I just lost track of time well that didn't really satisfy Eve She didn't have a mother or a girlfriend around to calm her fears. After all, it was just her, she and her husband. And despite Adam's convincing act, her overactive imagination could not be calmed. That night, after two hours of restlessly turning over and over in bed, enough was enough. And then suddenly, Adam woke up with a start. What in the world are you doing, hollered Adam, jumping out of bed. You darn know well what I'm doing, screamed Eve right back at him. You better lay down right now and let me finish counting those ribs. <laughs> I thought that was the best of all. I saved it until last. Alright. Well, that's all. There are no more. <laughs> And for those of you who have uh, come for the first time and you heard this for the very first time, you can come back again at least on Stampede Sunday and you're going to find the same kind of stuff. So please, I, I hope you come back in between now and then, but at least you can come back then. Well, by the time I finish this sermon, we will have completed this much of our year. 2017 is 99.9986302% finished by the time I get done, or yeah, the the year is just about done by the time I finish the sermon, which gives us an opportunity to reflect on what's happened in the year and to think about not only what's happened in the last year, but also to reflect on what's coming up. And so this morning, I want to do some looking back, and I also want to do some looking forward. And I have to admit that as I looked at all of this and started thinking about it, I was pretty excited, excited about the things that our church has been doing over the last year. Like for example, we have handed out, in our church family, between a thousand and fifteen hundred bag lunches to the homeless. Now, obviously that's quite a few every day. You know, four days a week basically, sometimes five days a week, we're handing out lunches. And we handed out between a thousand and fifteen hundred bag lunches, I'm gonna guess, in 2017 to the homeless. Which I think is pretty cool. We gave out 600 meals during our weekly lunch times. And that's just on Wednesdays, one day a week. If you figure there were 12 people there for 50 weeks or so, that's about 600 lunches. Pretty neat that we would do that many lunches. About 400 families were able to receive free clothing at our free clothing giveaways if there were 200 families at each. I think it's possible there were more than 200 families there. But at least if there were 200 families at both of those, then we were able to give out clothing for 400 families to help them uh, in the last year. We fed about 900 underprivileged kids lunches in the two schools that we provide lunches for. About 900 lunches. 900 kids. Oh, it's not Higedy. It's Michiko. You might want to help me there. Thank you. I don't know what's going on with this, but it's not working so well. Um, over seventy-five thousand dollars went into foreign and domestic missions uh, outside of outside of Calgary in the last year. And and here, in fact, is a great story. One of the students whose education that we paid for in Zambia, so that she could attend David Livingston Teachers College uh, in Livingston, Zambia, is now a teacher in one of the schools in Zambia that we support. So we paid for the teacher's education and then we now help to pay her salary so that she can educate children who live in some of the most primitive places in the world. And we can continue to do that. Isn't that cool? Well, it's, ex- it's exciting that that could happen. Then we found out... Uh, from Jay Don, that there is this Ukrainian retreat that they hold every year, and he said that the Calvary Church of Christ, and I didn't even know this, but that we were the ones who actually financed the fees for those who went to this Ukrainian retreat, for many of them anyway, and so they were able to go to the retreat largely just because our church was supporting them and making that possible. I think that's fantastic. And then we assisted several immigrant families who settled in Calgary this year. And I don't know if you're aware of this, you probably are, that uh, we were able to, at least in one case, actually help this family who had come here. Uh, I can't even remember their names. Hope, do you remember their names? The folks that we sent back to England? I I can't remember, I should have looked this up this morning. But they came here, they immigrated to Canada on some false information from a family member. They were here for a few months and then realized that they really didn't have the status that allowed them to stay in Canada at all. They had to have then another place to live, because they couldn't stay in Canada. And we, as a church, ended up sending them back to the United Kingdom, and they now uh, live in England. Because they weren't allowed to stay here uh, because of immigration stuff. They were Ghanians. They had no other recourse. They couldn't go back to Ghana. I can't remember the reasons why they couldn't go back to Ghana, but they weren't able to go back there either. And we helped them start a completely new life in England after having known them for only a few months, and we sent them back. And it, it might seem like not a big deal to us. But to them, I guarantee you, it was a huge deal. And it's amazing to think that those people whose lives were totally turned upside down by the events that faced them were able then to somehow have that big mess sorted out and make a life for themselves now. And it was only because our church cared enough to help those people get back to England. Pretty impressive. Twice a week, all day long, we opened our doors to immigrant women from around the world to come here and to receive training on how to live in Canada And on Thursday mornings, we provided Chinese senior citizens a place to meet for socializing and physical exercise. And that might seem, again, like not a big deal, unless you're one of those people who is receiving that blessing. And to them, it is a big deal. And they thank us all the time for us allowing them to be in our building and just to be blessed by being here. Well, here is the thing that I love most about all of this. We are not millions or even thousands of people strong. We're not some large institution or agency. We don't receive our funding from some large denominational pool of resources. We did these things because of what you gave and what you did with the Lord's help. If it wasn't for you as a church willing to do these things, then these things wouldn't have happened. It was only because you are servants of Jesus Christ. You provided, out of your incomes, the means for us to do these things. If a child was fed, it was because you gave money that fed that child. If a homeless person received a toque or a pair of socks, it was because you bought them those things with your contributions. If a homeless person ate lunch here on Wednesday, it was because David and Shirley Lidbury or Veronica Marshall or Lynn Beliveau or June and Richie Reed prepare, prepared for them a meal and there were some others when the dishes were washed rochelle Lammerman did it or michiko straker did it or june reed did it but it wasn't some nameless face it wasn't some institution it was you who did those things and with that i think the lord is pleased i think he's thrilled that you were willing to give of your income and give your time and give your effort and to serve in those ways and that so many people could be blessed because you decided in your heart to give. And I haven't even begun to mention or touch on the 150 or so volunteers who served in various ministries in our church throughout the year. We did this thing at Christmas time, you know, where you went down to the gym and there were ornaments on the tree for each person who was a volunteer. And there were lists on the walls. I don't know. Are those lists still there, Hope? The lists are still there. You can go down and see all the people who volunteered in our church family in the last year. It's really amazing. I haven't touched on all the hundreds of hours that our Bible school teachers spend in preparation and teaching. I haven't touched on all the time that we spent in prayer during the last several months of 2017 or the spiritual growth we experienced together in our life groups. I haven't touched on any of that. I haven't touched on the time our teens spent together on their short-term mission trip to Estonia. I haven't touched on the times that we spent worshiping and being together on Sunday mornings just in the Lord. The fact is, it's been a great year. There have been so many ways in which God has blessed us. And so many occasions for us to bless others. And I'm just so thankful for that. I don't know what you think of all of that when you see it. I don't know if it blows you away the way that it blows me away. But I'm just so thankful and so pleased to be a part of a church that conducts itself in that way and that serves so many people and has so many good things going on. There are good reasons for us to be positive about our church family. Looking forward, I'm excited about 2018. It is the fact that 2017 went the way it did because you gave yourself. And I'm excited about the possibilities for how you might do that in 2018 A new year is upon us. God is offering you opportunities. He's going to put you in positions all year long where you have a chance to serve in various ways. Somebody is going to come into your life, probably in the next couple of days, maybe tomorrow on the very first day of the year, somebody is going to come into your life and there will be some opportunity for you to serve. So I was thinking about this, about how all of us have given ourselves the way we have and the way there's been growth that there's been such love, there's been such service. And this really is an opportunity, an opportunity that he gives us each year, once again, the gift of being able to give ourselves to others. So I hope that you do. And in fact, here are some ways I hope you give yourself again in 2018. First, I hope you give him with your mind. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, talks about being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And a question, I think, is worth asking, is your mind, and we could say your heart, given over to Jesus as Lord? And if your reflection isn't there, if your focus isn't there, if your attention isn't there, if your priorities aren't there, then I want to encourage you as you start 2018 to have your mind centered there on jesus all those things that i just mentioned that our church has done the only way that's going to continue is if you say to yourself i'm going to do these kinds of things in 2018 and give yourself to them but that's a decision on your part that's a mental exercise that you have to go through where you say in your mind i am going to do this i am going to be this and there isn't anybody in the room who doesn't have the privilege The blessing, the opportunity to make just exactly that kind of step in your mind, in your thinking. Paul wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we will end up there. And there's just no reason why we can't be. Your body and your health. You know, we make New Year's resolutions. People lose weight. Or at least they say they're going to. Usually it lasts about a week, they work really hard, and then not so much. But we have a chance to do something, I think, when we offer our bodies as living sacrifices to Christ that goes way beyond New Year's resolutions and certainly way beyond just losing weight. I do think it's wise, by the way, for you to put yourself in a good position health-wise. And maybe the best reason for that is because it allows you to serve the Lord better. Tired people have a hard time serving the Lord as much as they can. People who are not in great health health aren't going to live as long and can't serve him as long. But when we find ourselves in a good position physically, health-wise, then we have a chance to serve him in wonderful ways. And I hope that you do take opportunity to put yourself in that kind of position in terms of your body and your health. With respect to your spirit, the renewal of your spirits in the Holy Spirit is what we're really talking about. And this may take place during the spiritual disciplines or through the spiritual disciplines in which you participate. And so fellowship, worship, Bible study, prayer, giving, service, and a whole host of other things that could become for you disciplines in life where you focus on these things and share in them could be really beneficial for you in the year 2018. So I encourage you right from the start, it's not too late to begin because it doesn't start until tomorrow. You can begin right from the start with some spiritual disciplines. I've got one that I actually started a few weeks ago and, uh, and have been working on. And I'm going to, my plan is, I'm going to continue this every day uh, throughout 2018. And it's easy because it's sitting right by my bed. It's on my nightstand. And I can pick it up and I can do it every night before I go to bed. And so I encourage you to do the same kind of thing. Have something that you regularly do, part of your spiritual routine that you can do every day as you worship and serve the Lord. And then as far as our time, here's my encouragement. Two hours of Christian service per week. I don't think that there's anybody in the room who can't do that. Even the people who think to themselves, no, I'm way too busy. The fact is, if you're too busy... To give two hours of Christian service to the Lord each week, you are in fact too busy. And I would say that there are other decisions that need to be made in your life, and this is a perfect time to begin that. And so just think to yourself, two hours a day, I can, or two hours a day, that would be nice, I'll take that too. But two hours a week, given to the Lord, I think would be wonderful, and I encourage you to do that. Uh, Some of you, of course, you're looking at that and going, just two hours? Like, I already give eight. What, you know, what, what are you wanting? Uh, for me to cut back? No. (laughs) But I'd love for you to give two hours a week. I think that God would bless you richly, and not only you, but our church family in the process. Financial resources. I really encourage you to commit yourself to giving cheerfully, and I want to encourage you to use 10% as a standard. You know, the New Testament doesn't say that we need to tithe. The New Testament does say, that we should give. In fact, I would say that because of the great sacrifice of Jesus and the calling on our hearts that is there by God in a way that goes far beyond even what was called for under the Old Testament, I would encourage you to actually go beyond the Old Testament's strictures there. And so if the Old Testament was requiring 10%, it only makes sense to me that we would think seriously about doing more than that. But at least I would think we wouldn't do less. And so I hope you make a commitment in 2018 to uh, the financial responsibilities that we have toward the Lord's work along with everything else. In terms of righteousness, I hope that through the Holy Spirit that you bear his fruit, including making great moral choices in obedience to the commands of God so that you can reflect a life lived in devotion to his will. And in our world today, not everybody has that same kind of value but I hope that we do, and I hope that we live that out together, and I want to encourage you to do so.